The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. Talking cars and anything between I was 18 chasing dreams We were on the porch again He said, son, hear me out before you leave Then he talked about the storms That we weathered as a family He said he lived his life so all of us would know When the winds of change were knocking on the door And there was an anchor that we could hold to And we learned to fight for things worth fighting for When life was shaken, it only awakened What we believed in 
the day I got the news The doctor left me all alone to think things through I just sat there feeling like I had wasted so much time It challenged everything I ever thought I knew And though it seemed to be the end It led me to a new beginning To a place where I would never doubt again That I believe in what I believe in When the winds of change are knocking on the door I've learned to fight for things worth fighting for When life is shaken It only awakens What I believe in I know what I believe in I won't compromise or what When the winds of change are knocking on the door And there is an anchor that I can hold to And I've learned to fight for things worth fighting for When life is shaken This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. Wasted time will be part of your reflection and your thought when you die in. Why would you not think that? Think about what you would be thinking about when you die in. The storms in life and what we're experiencing now. What do we believe we believe in? What's your anchor? The end will bring a new beginning. What's happening in the church is going to be bringing a new beginning. Do you still believe in the church? It's being renewed. We have to anchor to something. That's what Medjugorje is about. That's what Olay is about. We have so many things happening right now so quickly we can't cover it because there's so much coming to us every day. And the reality of the message that we've been speaking about for a year, really strong, everything is passing, everything is falling apart, only the glory of God remains. The church is being purged. And if you speak out on it, you're going to be purged. You're going to be persecuted. Because we have two factions, the light and the dark, and we have the light and the dark in the church. Jesus had it in his church. 
when he was forming the apostles, the light and the dark. Judas was the dark, and the other apostles were the light. Some were gray, some were in the middle. Sometimes they were on the dark side. So he had to sift them. On Holy Thursday, what happened? Jesus prays. God, that they had the strength to undergo the test. He didn't say not to test them. I'll let that test pass from them, like I'm going to ask later, Jesus. Let this chalice pass me by, but your will. So everybody gets sifted. And what's important is what you believe is what you believe in. Our lady's forming these thoughts in us. She wants us to believe in something. She wants us to be anchored. So we have a priest, Padre Cavacho. She's in a parish in Santa Barbara, California, which is a hotbed not to be speaking about what things are going on in the church because there's so much in California of this lifestyle. And he gave a sermon. Two days later, he was told to pack his bags and leave the parish and don't come back. And then there's accusations after he gave the homily. He wasn't asked to leave because of the sermon. He was asked to leave because he didn't do good financially for the parish or he did this or he couldn't get along, all these other excuses. But it's interesting, he stayed in the parish with all these problems, supposedly they're throwing at him now, that he couldn't get along and the accusations of money, he didn't know how to manage money good. So they were content to leave him until he did this homily and then suddenly they said, you get out of here. The pastor said that. So what did he say? We're going to read just a partial of it that no matter what people accuse him of, his words in his sermon was what he believes in and what I believe in and what you should be believing in and what are they showing us to believe in? Because she said, fight evil and sin. And he did that from the pulpit. And it cost him. I don't care his expertise with this financial stuff or these other things. His sermon is very, very powerful and very good. So again, this is a portion of Padre Cavancho's homily that he gave recently. Pray. Do sacrifices. Pray the rosary. Come closer to the Lord. Ask the Lord to be part of his flock. Because you will see many wearing cassocks like this or chasubles like this, many preaching from the pulpits. They are traitors. So you need to have something that in the Catholic Church is called discernment. The capacity to know where is God and where he is not. Regardless of whether it seems like God is here or it seems like God is there. No, no. Now you need real discernment because the devil has clothed his children with shepherd's clothing to make it more difficult to recognize him. You need to pray for discernment, to pray for the church, to pray for you, for your children, to pray for your priests, especially for so many bishops who are good, still, and priests who are good, faithful, who have suffered greatly all these decades and all these years, being moved from one parish to another because they were preaching the truth 
and the pastor or the bishop didn't like that. So they moved them to another place and another place. Living a life of great suffering, they are there. And it's not fun. It is difficult. You cry a lot because you feel lonely, forgotten, despised. Only because you wanted to be faithful to Christ. But your speech and your homilies didn't fit with the ideas of these people who wanted to destroy the church and who wanted you to say nice things to the people. Don't make waves. Just go along with everything. Don't make people nervous. Just, you know, speak about general things so people are not aware of what's going on. So, my dear brothers, now we must act, which is part of a process of conversion. You must act. Bishop Fulton Sheen, one of the greatest bishops that America has ever had, said that, quote, do not look for change in bishops and priests, unquote. Do not. He was talking to you. The change in the church will come through you, laity. Don't give up. Tell your pastor and your priest and your bishop. Tell us the truth. Stop being just nice and smiling to us and preach the gospel to us. We want to live a holy life, not the life that the world lives. Tell us the truth. And we will help you to sustain the church with our money and other things. But you, you need to do your mission. You need to do your job, which is helping us to get to heaven, to be saved, to give us the sacrament, to love Jesus, and not just to be politically correct. That's not the gospel. But that's the temptation that you lady have fallen into. No, speak out. Do you want the gospel? Do you want Christ? Do you want heaven? Do you want the truth? Or do you just want what we find everywhere in the world, which is what we really want to hear, what is pleasing to our ears? Demand change in the church. It's not going to be enough just adding a couple of policies to this taking care of the children. It's not going to be enough just to see three four or five cardinals resigning and ten bishops resigning. It's not going to be enough. We need to see real change. We need to go back to be faithful to Christ, to our Lord Christ, not the world. We are here to change the world, not the world to change us. We are the light of the world. We are not equal with the world. We have Christ. We have the truth. The world is helpless. The prince of the world is the evil one, and we are here to fight against him. Now, what I'm saying might sound very hard for you, and I have to say I'm sorry, but I had to say it because I'm sick and tired of seeing my mother, the church, being insulted and portrayed as an institution of criminals because it's not. It's my mother. It's your mother the one who gave you eternal life through baptism, who gave you the courage through confirmation, who gives you the Eucharist every Sunday you come. She's our mother, and we need to help her in these dreadful times. So my dear brothers, again, I have to say this, because I am a priest of Christ. Many people don't say that, and I was afraid to say something like that. 
There are more things I want to say, but I don't say it because I want to be here next week. And he's not there next week. Two days after this, as I said earlier, he was told to pack his bags and leave. But they always bring up the issues. It's not going to be what the people in the parish gave him, which was an applause for this sermon, which indicates there was at least some parishioners that got along with him and agreed with him. But you're never going to be working for Jesus. You're never going to be teaching Jesus, the real teachings of Jesus, without getting persecuted. So not everybody in the parish with somebody who can say these things so strongly is going to be liked. They're going to have to come up with reasons. And maybe they're legitimate. But I tell you what, if I had a priest like that in my parish, I don't care how deficit he is on financials or whatever his other things or, or he's grouch. Feed me from the pulpit. I'll pay the price of putting up with his quirks or whatever they may think it is or they conceive to make it is so they can kick him out. But you can't say this on the altar and be there next week. And he even prophesies about what his own statements would bring to him. And he's gone. So you judge it yourself. It doesn't make sense. He gets applause. And yet the pastor says, well, I'm not kicking him out for that. He's been giving sermons like that. And he's always been good. You can't say that in California. You can't say these things anywhere, really. Especially where he is. So what are we to make of this? We're in trouble. We're in a difficult situation. So the equation of all these things lead us to one thing. Our culture is going down. The church is going down. And that's good because it's going to be renewed. It's just what you're anchored to. The only thing today to be anchored to, the safe, is the messages of Our Lady. And the messages of Our Lady covers many, many subjects. You know we cover about marriage. You know we cover about politics. You know we cover about our government and its laws. You know we cover about money. And one thing that we really cover strong is about the system that ties everything together, that when it falls apart, everything will fall with it. There's one thing in the world that can be attacked, or there's only one thing in the world that can be allowed to fall that touches everybody on the earth, and that's our banking system, our money system. And so can we identify other things? The church is going to be purged, but also the economic system as we know it will be purged. And that's why we talk about silver. We look at these things and want you to understand where we are. Silver just hit $14 an ounce. It's going down. It's being managed. The purpose is because the dollar is so strong that it's pushing it down. That's an opportunity to realize what is of God, what is not. Who is of God and who's not. This God's words in Santa Barbara, this priest, are of God. You can think whatever you want to. He can do whatever you want to. His words are worth paying attention to. And so it is that when silver drops down to $14 an ounce, that says something. How are we supposed to look at these things? What does it mean? They're putting silver in everything right now. And people have so much money, they don't even know what to do with it. And this example may tell you and show you that. Hello? Honey, um, are you at the club? Yes. <laughs> I'm at the mall now, and I found this beautiful leather coat. It's only a thousand. Can I get it? Well, sure, if you like it that much. 
Okay, um, I also stopped by the Mercedes dealership and saw the new model. You know, the one I really like. How liked. much? 120. Well, at that price, I want it with all the options. Great! Oh, and, and one more thing. The house we wanted last year is back on the market. They're, they're asking 1.5. We'll make them an offer. But come in at, uh, 1.4. <laughs> okay. I love you, baby. I love you, too. Okay, bye. Um... Does anybody know whose phone this is? <laughs> well, the priest said in his homily, what is pleasing to our ears. And so, what this wife was pleasing to our ears, she didn't even recognize if it was her husband or not. There'd be the day when teachers come to tickle your ears. And that's what's happening in the world today. And our materialism and the money. And there's people who have money like that. I've, I've met people like that. We was asked one time to come to Arizona because they heard about Medjugorje. We flew there. They're very extremely wealthy. They were so excited about Medjugorje, but they wanted to capitalize in it in a material way. And I turned them down. And their, their wealth was like, well, he owned over 100 oil wells. So he had money to do anything. But I could see spiritually where they were. They were immature, and they were equating everything with money. And I walked from that and not talked to them again because they need to go conversion. It's not through the dollar. And that's what we have to get away from to understand. The mighty dollar is trading so much stronger now that it pushes silver down for a two-year low right now. And we got silver being used in a crazy way. We're looking at right now over 1.5 billion ounces of silver to be consumed where you'd never think it would be consumed at. The green industry, talking about preservation, protecting everything. Do you know what kind of element silver is? It's the silver green technology, and by 2030, we'll be using that much silver, 1.5 billion ounces of silver, consumed. In other words, it comes out of the ground and it's burned up into things that never will be retrieved. This is a precious metal. They're studying this because the properties of silver is so antibacterial, they don't even know completely everything about it. Nothing does what silver does to bacteria. And we're destroying something precious in the earth through consumerism. 820 million ounces will be utilized by the global solar energy application through 2030. And it goes on. You heard the commercial where she asked to buy a new car. Be 120,000. Go ahead, honey. Of course, her husband, when he finds out, he's probably pretty upset about this. But anyway, we got a new Rolls Royce car coming out, loaded with silver. Rolls Royce has taken styling from their original 1907 Ghost automobile and incorporated it into their new four-door model, part of the Silver Ghost collection. They've also loaded the car with silver. The Cassiopeia Silver paint is based on founder Sir Henry Royce's original Silver Ghost color scheme and contains pure silver particles. It takes eight hours to paint one car. The hood ornament, known as the Spirit of Ecstasy, is also made of silver. The car pays homage to the original's black grill and the wheel cap say Silver Ghost since 1907. 
Inside, the Tudor oak trim contains silver onlays. Only 35 cars in this collection will be produced, and pricing has not yet been made public, but observers suggest that the cars have already found buyers. Wow, I bet you'll have to have a Secret Service agent with you to park your car with a, with a pure silver ornament on the front of the hood. That's going to get ripped off in New York. People's attitude and what they believe and what they think and how they look at the world today is what Padre Cavancho said. We need something in the church called discernment. We need something in our marriage called discernment. We need something in our relationships with each other that's called discernment. We need that in our company and our work, all the things. We need discernment. Our whole day needs discernment. We don't have discernment. The messages are showing us how to discern. One thing we need discernment on is the economics. We have Century Silver. We're showing people how to transfer their wealth and preserve it, not for an investment, but for something to sanctify and use your wealth in this life for eternal wealth. In the point of man, God, Jesus says, turn your earthly welfare into supernatural good. Then it becomes free from all damage by time, men, and calamities. Store up your treasure in heaven, where thieves cannot break in and where no calamities occur. Work with merciful love. Our lady gave a message May 2nd, 2017. And she said, reveal truth with merciful love. It's mercy to tell you and show you what you need to do now in making decisions with everything you do. It continues, work with merciful love for all the miseries of the earth. Why would you not want to turn your wealth into a miraculous magical around, imaged with a miraculous metal, which brings conversion? November 27th, 1989, to Maria, Our Lady says, pray for those who carry this for their salvation. Our Lady didn't say they're going to have to believe in God. She just said at the end of the message, pray for those who carry a miraculous medal for their salvation. She invigorated it. She upped the ante, the power of the miraculous medal. And so we came up with the concept of making a one-ounce round for that purpose. That's the main reason for it. The secondary reason is to save your wealth because the dollar is worthless. Century Silver was formed for that purpose. Just about a week ago, we refreshed our research on what we might call those who are trading paper in silver. And this refers particularly in the United States to a commodities exchange called the COMEX, but we went to the source and looked at the data produced by the commodities exchange themselves. The information that they released shows data from as recently as April of 2018. In April of 2018, approximately 13 billion ounces of silver were traded on the COMEX in paper. And by that, in paper, we mean specifically that generally institutional investors are trading large amounts of silver in what's called a futures contract. There's no physical delivery of silver. They're not buying and selling physical silver. But in the month of April of 2018, again, it was about 13 billion ounces of silver were traded in paper. So let me recap what you're saying. It's insane. There's 13 billion ounces traded in one month. We only have one ounce per 600 pieces sold. What does that tell you? That tells you it's going to disappear. This is on paper. This can't work. It won't work. It never will work. 
It's the dark shadows our lady's talking about in our last message. So to put that in perspective of just how insane this is, of those 13 billion ounces traded in paper in April, only about one out of every 600 of those paper ounces were available as a physical ounce of silver. There is absolutely no way that this is individual investors trading silver. These are mega financial institutions, mega banks that are doing what's called high-frequency trading with computers and algorithms that are better than you, they're faster than you, and they're taking your money. So what's the use of everything if it's going to crash to not invest because we've always said don't invest in the miraculous magical round, but to transfer your wealth or your excess or some of your investments, put out an investment because it's an investment in itself just to be able to preserve something. What's going to happen in the future when this all does come down? What this is going to look like when it all comes down is all those who are holding paper contracts are going to get essentially nothing. One out of 600 ounces, maybe one out of 500, somewhere in that range. But that's at best. But people have a right to get their silver when they come back up with it later. How's that going to work? Well, people have every right to get their silver, but if it's physically not there, which it's not, then nobody's going to get anything. So we can equate this to the banks in 1929. Everybody went to get the bank. What they do? They lock the doors. They say we're closed. They didn't say you lost your money. They just closed them. And they kept them locked, and people lined up until they left. After days, this literally happened. They've had this in countries recently where they've had to lock the banks up. The banks don't lose. What happened in the last collapse in 2008? The banks got bailed out. Who bailed them out? The government bailed them out in 2008. They just gave them money, which comes from the taxpayers. Okay. The next time this comes around, who's going to bail out the bank? There will be a point, and I understand what you're saying here. Where the government's going to say, we're not bailing you out anymore. We can't bail you out anymore. The next bailout will come from people themselves. Your investments and your holdings, your checking accounts, your mortgages, everything will go toward the bank. They will never lose. And I remind you of Abraham Lincoln. When they ask him about the enemy, he says, I had two enemies I have in front of me the South, and behind me the bankers. The latter is more dangerous. This is history. What goes around comes around. Every 70 years, there's a collapse. Study. Do research. You look at these things. This is easy to find out, and you just reason out with the Lord, Isaiah says. It's just common sense. You cannot deviate from the truth of what Our Lady talks about. Why does she tell a parish on Thursday, Matthew 6, I want you to read that. This all came from Matthew 6. We begin to read the Bible. And that's the reason, through Matthew 6, that the idea came up, let's do a broadcast called Medianomics. Because she focused on the two things that's the most evil, the love of money. If you would like to exchange some of your paper dollars for the Silver Miraculous Metal Medjugorje round, you can contact Century Silver Exchange by calling toll-free 877-936-7686. That's 877-936-7686. You can also visit Century Silver's website at centurysilver.com or email at info at centurysilver.com. 
Century Silver Exchange is a for-profit subsidiary of Caritas of Birmingham. It bears its own expenses and pays income taxes on its income. If there's any income left over at the end of the year, it may make a dividend donation to Caritas of Birmingham to further its mission. Our lady talked about the spirit of consumerism. She identifies it as an evil spirit. Because consumerism is using things that you don't need, just consuming without proper meaning and purpose. Not just to meet a need, but just an excess. We live in a world that's excessive. So we continue with the point, man, God, where I started off earlier about turning your treasures into supernatural good. It says, work with merciful love for all the miseries of the earth. In other words, you're supposed to be working and with your wealth to alleviate the miseries of the earth, not make your wealth the misery of the earth. It continues, you may caress your money and kiss it if you wish. You may rejoice with the plentiful crops, the vineyards, and laden with grapes, and the countless numbers of olives which bend the branches of the olive trees. You can rejoice of those things, but not in a sterile or human way. Instead, rejoice with love and admiration with the supernatural delight of foresight. And Jesus is going on to make the point to use your money for the purpose of the kingdom of God, for goodness, for the things of the eternal Father, so it might come back to good to you. We've had people tell us, we want to put you in our will, the mission of Caritas, because they see value of what they've accumulated in this life. They want it to continue in this life for eternal life. And so things of value can be changed for eternal value. And that's what we're about. That's what our lay's about. That's what our life is about, to show you those things. We work our labor here in the mission for eternal gain, not for earthly gain. And the best thing you can do for yourself is position everywhere, not in investments, but investing into eternity. You can literally do this by the way of the messages, by way of life. We wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.